Hello and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl, And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. Sometime I'll figure out when actually to come in with that uh, that, that <laughs> sound, with the new music we have. Uh, but we have, a, this is a special, I wouldn't call it emergency podcast, but this is a special edition of the Powerhouse Politics Podcast. We are joined uh, by perhaps the greatest living sports writer in the world today. Uh, he's right here. He's looking around. He's right here. Rick Riley, author of uh, a, a, a highly entertaining new book. Uh, and by the way, a deeply rec- reported uh, a book, Commander in Cheat, How Golf Explains Trump. Rick Riley, welcome to Powerhouse Politics. Yeah. I remember Frank DeFord, the great sports writer, said, uh, he said, uh, being the he was named the world's best sports writer, and he goes, nobody <laughs> thinks sports writers can write. They think it's all, and the Bambino hit a four-ply swat, you know, and it's all horrible. But really, it's some. I've always thought some of the best writing in the country. Absolutely, agree with that. Uh, absolutely. Um, so th- this this book, y- you've actually you've actually known Donald Trump for a long time. Yeah, about you, thirty years. About thirty years, <laughs> and you've played golf with him. Yes, for a book I did called "Who's Your Caddy." And uh, I was supposed to caddy for him, but instead he had no one to play with. So I played with him, and I, we took the limo. And uh, at that point, uh, Tiffany was eight years old. And he's like, listen to me, Tiffany. You see these three buildings as we're driving in the limo? They're all going to be yours someday. And he looks at her, and she's got her headphones in. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, anyways, I was going to say. So he's introduced me around this Trump Westchester. This is Rick Riley, publisher of Sports Illustrated. <laughs> and I'm looking around like, No. This is Rick Riley. He owns Sports Illustrated. No. Like, oh, this guy is Antoine, the best cheeseburger chef in the world. He's like, no. And he just, I said, why do you lie? And he goes, it sounds better. And then I was um, talking to to a a guy that covered him. He had a kind of a documentary reality show on the Golf Channel called The Fabulous World of Trump Golf. And he says, we'd go through places and he'd say, this is uh, 60 Minutes. He's like, no, I'm golf channel. <laughs> uh, Sounds better. And he, and he says he got so used to saying he was from 60 Minutes, he started telling people it was from 60 Minutes. Why not? And he said his wife called him. I said, why are you lying so much? And he goes, I think I'm hanging around Trump too much. <laughs> it's crazy. By the way, the one, one thing I, li- I love about this book is you do give us a little bit of a, uh, of, of a, of a rundown of the history of presidential golf. <laughs> yes. And, and there's a stat that I like to, to, to quiz people on. That the, the president who played more golf by far than any other president was? Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. In eight years, played 16. They, they, they estimate somewhere between 1,400 and 1,600 times. During but, World War One, I, I mean, he was like incapacitated right. for part of that time. And right. Still. <laughs> but the difference is the, the, his doctor said, you're going to drop dead of a, of a heart attack if you don't get a hobby. So he took up golf. He was terrible at it. He played every morning with that doctor and his wife, but only nine holes, very a nine-hole course near the White House, and then he'd be back at his desk by nine. Whereas Donald Trump only plays, if you've noticed, since he became president, he only plays courses with his, with his name on it. Right. He could play congressional for free, burning tree. There's a, Obama played like 77% military courses during his presidency. Same with Clinton. But he drives the 45, 50 minutes to Trump, Washington, so he can have his cheating caddy and the, and the golf cart that he rigs so it has no governor on it. And that way he can be ahead of everybody. And that's how he cheats, he and the caddies. So he's a good golfer. He is a good golfer. There's no reason to lie. He, he doesn't have to tell people he's a three. Tiger Woods He tells says, people he's a three handicap. I play with him. I, t- I thought he was a nine or ten. Tiger Woods said I thought he was a ten. Some people think he's 11, some nine. He ain't no three. I mean, I said in there, if he's a three, then then the queen is a pole vaulter. Because there's no way. 
but he manages. He plays with Tiger from time to time. He and plays with Jack Nicklaus. Yes, he, absolutely. So, um, but but you you find him a, a, a serial cheater, and, and I think it's well, pretty well. He tried well to documented. cheat Tiger. Did you, did you read that yeah, book? Yeah, Sorry. He's playing with uh, Brad Faxon, the Fox TV announcer, former player, Dustin Johnson, number one player in the world, and Tiger Woods. And they're playing Trump International, which is the course he built on a crappy, weedy, vacant lot. So they had Mar-a-Lago had somewhere to play. And anyway, so they're playing. And it's the two big stars against Faxon and Trump. They're playing the back tees. Trump and Faxon are playing the front tees. And Trump gets eight shots. He... He probably should get 12 or 13. But anyway, they're over there. Trump hits it into the water, his second shot, right in the middle of the lake. He says to Faxon, throw me one. They didn't see it. <laughs> Faxon's like, okay, here you go. And he chunks that one into the water. <laughs> so now they've seen it. He drives the card up, hits, the, hits his next shot onto the green after taking the one-stroke penalty. And Tiger says, what do you lay, Mr. President? And he says, I'm putting for four. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Not how it works. No, you're putting for a seven, <laughs> and you're trying to cheat no less than Tiger Woods. Like, you don't think he's going to notice? So I, I want to ask about that, because one of the things that is terrific about this book is the, 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 the way that you, your love affair with golf, your lifetime yes. love affair with golf. and, yeah, and it means something to me. Right, Again. and the integrity of the sport means yeah. something to you because, as you point out, you're your own referee. You're 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 pointing you're you're pointing out your own flaws. It's the only sport with no refs. So why is it, do you think, that Tiger Woods, that Jack Nicholas, that these titans of the game, are willing to be around this guy? Because it's it's so entertaining. It's so crazy. Like I asked Faxon, well, what did you do? What did Tiger do? And he goes, we all just kind of wanted our own story to tell about him, so we were happy. <laughs> And besides, he says, no matter what the bet is, and and the president always wins. That's what um, uh, Rand Paul said. He said, you know, the president always wins. And that's literally true. And he said, but the money never changes hands. And then it's not about the money. He doesn't. Yeah, it's not not about the money. It's it's saying I beat you. Right. And he has to do it. Whatever his whatever's twisted in his brain. The same reason electoral win isn't enough. He's got to win the popular, even though he didn't. And his inauguration crowd's got to be bigger. And Trump Tower isn't really 58 floors. It's 48 because he skipped the 20s just so he could be bigger than the GE building. It's all bull. But he has to be better than you. He has to win. And as long as you say he's the winner, then everything's great. So uh, one thing I was fascinated, one insight that fascinated. That's, uh, I think that's Trump trying to drill into the <laughs> yeah, right. here. Okay. Uh, it, it must be work outside. Can um, you hear it? Wow, that sounds like a... Jackhammer. <laughs> yeah, I think they're doing. They're we, we, doing by the way, we have the finest room. soundproof studio in, in, in the history of podcasts, <laughs> well, right well, here. So, uh, but I was. Do you want to set up that that story that you told about what he, how he introduces you? So I'll I'll say this: when he, when I met him um, uh, a couple of years ago uh, at at his at his under construction hotel at that time, I introduced myself. When he introduces me around, it was Rick. Rick here. You got to meet Rick. Rick is the head of ABC News. Rick, <laughs> Rick is the president of ABC News. And he is the youngest president of ABC News in the history of the news. <laughs> the history of the news. He, Amazing. He's hey, the you're youngest. a big deal, Rick. Come on. So, but why? Why is that? I, to this, it sounds I, better. Because it sounded better. And, and look, it's the flattery. It's the bluster. Maybe it's this. You know, I have a Trump story to tell, just like Tiger. Okay, so two days ago, he said, my dad was born in a little town in Germany. Yeah. Why is that better than the truth? His dad was born in Queens. Queens is a nice place. <laughs> so, you know, I went to Scotland yeah. and spent a week when he was there with Theresa May and... He screwed up. And he, at one point, he went to Ireland and goes, uh, I know you love me here in the UK. Like, well, 
that's not the UK, man. <laughs> but whatever. So they hate him. Like, they really hate him because they know a lot of things about him. His mother was Scottish, and she would go back. She still spoke the Scottish uh, Gaelic, uh-huh. and uh, she'd go back every year and spoke it, and he would never go with her. His, her whole life she went back, and he would never go with her. But when he needed their approval to get this stupid golf course built in Aberdeen, he went to the house where she was born, stayed 96 seconds, <laughs> and, then, and then left and did a two-hour press conference. But... The, the point is, he, he tells people, oh, my mother was, a, was on vacation in America when she met my father. No, she followed her four sisters to New York to become a maid, which is literal chain migration. <laughs> and yet you're stopping other families right. from doing it. I, I, I want to I play something from the interview that I did with him in 2015. You can put the headphones back on. I think we've got the audio, the audio problem fixed. But um, it was interesting to me because he, I, I asked a question that had nothing to do with golf. It had to do with whether, he, because he had this beautiful new building, whether he'd actually live in the White House if he became president or not. So ah. totally on different question. But to listen to how he took the question. Listen to where he went. And the you'll president. see you move to the White House. Rick, when I look at the president who plays golf like he's on the PGA Tour, yeah. he plays golf more than the PGA players. I say, you know, if you're president, who, and I love golf, and I have many clubs, and they're all tremendous. <laughs> I have one in Washington that's a phenomenal success. But, you know, you say, I'm staying here. I, you know, you're in there for a limited period of time. There's so much work to be done, like including getting everyone together to pass things, which doesn't happen other mm-hmm. than by executive order, which shouldn't be happening. So, uh, no, we would do work hard. We would really work hard. We'd make this country great again. That I can tell you. How oh, many oh. lies can you pack? Wow. <laughs> that's a lot. So, that's a lot. So my, my question, Rick so Riley, is play any golf. why... Why was he hating on golf then? I mean, he's using it as a as an attack line on Barack Obama, who did golf a lot. Right. Guess what? He didn't. He, President Trump doesn't stay in the White House. He goes and golfs on, on, just about every weekend at his but, own courses. But at three million dollars a trip back and forth to Mar-a-Lago, right, right. where <laughs> where mostly Obama just went to congressional or the military courses. By the way, he t- tweeted a lot of times Obama should play with Rebub- Republicans to bridge the gap. He's yet to play with a Democrat. And he's only played with one woman. So, you know, he's so, he's so full of it. I had a chapter in there about him versus Obama. So Obama plays with sports writers. Right. My buddies, uh, Wilbon and Kornheiser. Our friends, too. They work in this building. Yeah. yeah. And he says, they say he's very strict. I mean, there's no cheating. And so would Obama, he always says, I, I'll play Obama for the White House. But if, if so Obama's down like to a 13. If he gave him, if Trump had to play to his 2.8, and Obama got his 13, I think Obama would clean the floor with him. Because <laughs> Trump doesn't put out. Like, even Peyton Manning said it. Um, I talked to Matsuyama, who played with him and Shinzo Abe, and I said, so did they cheat? Oh, well, you know, I, it was all for fun. Nobody putted out. Well, putting out is the whole point. You have to putt. Remember when Lindsey Graham said he shot 73? And then Golf.com said, well, what do you mean? How did he shoot 73? Well, he didn't putt out. Well, that, so that, the that's the whole point. Like, well, yeah, we played football, but we didn't have a ball. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There was a guy that used to play with my dad, I remember, who, uh, you know, it's a gimme. That's a gimme. And then they planned for years before he finally realized the guy. A gimme, he thought, meant you didn't count the stroke. Oh, I <laughs> you know. know. You know? I've it's had like, people like, no, that actually counts. Yeah, no, that's actually. You yeah. know, when I played with him, he took a gimme chip in. Did you just pick that up? He goes, well, that was good, right? I'm like, we're playing a stroke bet. I'm in with for five. He's off the green in five. He's the worst chipper you've ever seen. He's really good off the tee. 
And he's a good putter, but terrible, terrible chipper. And he's like, because he hates to chip. So he said, well, no, I was going to make that. What? Wait. Who Wait, are so you, Jack Nicholas? No. So just in terms of the game, who's a, who's a bigger cheater, Bill Clinton or Donald Trump? Well, I played with Clinton when he was president as well. And he cheated in a kind of a different way. He, he would take, they, they came to call them Billigans. So he'd hit his first shot. And then he would play the first shot eventually, but he'd hit about four or five extra shots. And I remember we were congressional, and this caddy, had, and Clinton carried 24 ba- clubs in his bag, which is also cheating. And this caddy's like, get off, your t- get off your toes, you ain't no damn ballerina. And like the Secret Service, like lean. But he'd always play the first ball, but then sometimes you couldn't remember which was the first ball. And the Secret Service, you know, always want to end up ambassador to Switzerland. So they're like, <laughs> I think it's the one near the pins. It's sir. that one. It's That's that great shot. Yeah, yeah. And he shot 82 that day. He said that was his best round ever. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but the difference is he wasn't trying to win. Yeah. He wasn't trying to make you worse. There are stories in this book where when it, he's always ahead in his supercharged cart where he got, kicks guys' balls off the green into the bunker because he wants to win the bet so badly. But, but he's won 18 club championships. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> so you, you, you reported, You're setting me up there, aren't you? You, you reported this out. Okay, so this, is the, what you learned. this is the whole reason yeah. I wrote the book. Yeah. I'm retired. I'm living half the year in Italy. I'm enjoying a, my 9,000th Campari of the day or whatever it is. <laughs> and I keep reading, you, want, you need to pick me because I'm the winner and I can finish. And I've won 18 club championships. And that's against the best players in the, war, in the club. Like... You're such a liar because you told me how you did it, which is about half of them are. I open a new course. I play the first round by myself, (laughs) and I call that the club champion. He even goes, voila, I'm the club champ. Then I start finding out he's won a couple where he wasn't even on the course. He He wins at Trump Bedminster one time. When he's at Trump Philadelphia. And called in his score. He says, uh, who won the club championship? And they go, Danny Schmertz shot 75. Ah, I shot 72 up here, so that makes me the champ. (laughs) That's a pretty good trick. And they're like, what? Yeah, make me the champ. And so Danny Schmertz comes off and Donald Trump goes up. So one one piece of of the history of this that I that I learned from this. I, I always thought that he grew up around golf. I just had a vision maybe through his dad or mm. business connections that he was on these nice, beautiful, Nevada yeah. Fjord courses. He learns this course. Well, t- tell us about the course where Donald Trump really learned golf. He never really played. And then he went to um, Wharton in Pennsylvania, in uh, Philly. Philly. And his friends, he had friends, <laughs> well, would love to go and play this place called Cobbs Creek. Well, Cobbs Creek is like a course that needs a shave and a haircut you know what i mean it's just a it's just a public muni and it's famous for hustlers a guy named george potato pie wallace and all these guys in fact there's a famous story about potato pies and a twenty thousand dollar bet with a guy at Cobbs creek and the guy can't find his ball on the last hole and all of a sudden the guy goes found it and potato potato pie goes you liar it's under my foot So he learned, in fact, he even talks about it proudly. He says, those guys that steal your teeth, man, you had to be ready. (laughs) And so somehow he got the idea that you have to cheat your opponent before he cheats you. And there's even a story about the guy who's going to run the 2020 U.S. Open at Wingfoot. He can't get a game at Wingfoot anymore because he cheats so much, so he never goes there. But he said, I played with him once. We were on a team. And he pulls me aside in the first tee. He says, you see those two guys we're playing? And this guy says, yeah. He says, they're going to cheat. You see us? We're going to cheat better. (laughs) And he says they took 20 bucks off him. 
And he says, I couldn't take the money. I, I gave the guy back the 20 in the parking lot. I said, we cheated the whole time around. It's, it's crazy. So, so you, you've done a lot. Of, you've got this incredible career. Um, and and on, your, on your website, you, you list some of the things you've done. Um, well, yeah. I don't, but. Well, it's here. I mean, it's here. It's just the. Uh, so, uh, you know, you've, you've taken fastballs from Nolan Ryan. Yeah. You've, uh, you've jumped with the uh, Army parachute team. You've right. got an F-14. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, a rodeo uh, bullfighter. I mean, you've no, fought- I was a rodeo clown. Clown. Well, the website says a bullfighter. They don't know. Clown. Okay, okay, that's good. Uh, and then bicycling with Lance Armstrong. I don't know what. Ran with you the know. bulls. Yeah, I so saw all this stuff. But but have you ever asked the Dalai Lama about golf? <laughs> I would love to meet him. Why did you ask him? I did. So let's, let's play listen it. to this clip. Yeah. You got to hear this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got one last thing. Here, a lot put, of people put, wanted put me this. to ask you. Now, that a whole generation of moviegoers in America oh. seen a movie named Caddyshack. Oh. Have you ever played golf? Golf? Eh? No. You've when I was young, golf. when I was in China, uh, Peking, Peking, 1954-55, I played ping pong. Mm? <laughs> and one time, I think, ping pong with Prime Minister Chung Ale. Yeah. Oh, wow. I felt, <laughs> you see, I can defeat him because his hand, not very, uh, some injuries there. So I felt I may, I can win. So I yeah. play with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you'll have to see a very famous scene that claims you are a great golfer, but not a very good tipper. And I say, hey, Lama, hey, how about a little something, you know, for the effort, you know. And he says, oh, uh, there won't be any money. But when you die, on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So I got that going for me. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, this is know. unbelievable. You talked to the Dalai Lama. <laughs> about golf. About, about golf. golf. This about is Caddy amazing. Caddy and, and in the process, you did it just to be ironic. I know that. <laughs> but in the process, learned something important that he played ping pong on I mean, come on. Did he say he beat him? I mean, he's, he doesn't really he quite he could get have beat him. He could have beaten him. You, wonder, like, you wonder if he thought that was an unfair advantage. Like, would, would, was the Dalai Lama cheat at ping pong to, to win in, in that kind of stakes? Well, you know, right now there's two popes in the Vatican. I don't think that's happened for 650 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah. And I've always thought if they played ping pong, who would lose? Because both are infallible. Ooh, wow. <laughs> How is that? Well, I like your idea of the president matchup, though. The, the Trump versus Obama. That's kind of the dream. The and dream then I said, okay, because Trump was famous. He said he punched a guy out at Wingfoot once. He told me that. So I checked into that. Not true at all. He, he, he likes to play really fast, and he barged in front of these guys playing by himself because he couldn't get a game. And they said, hey, Donald, you got to ask. I'm like, I don't got to ask. I'll be out of your way. you got to effing ask. And there was a pushing match, and they both got suspended for three months. <laughs> Nobody got punched. But if there was a fight, Obama's going to win that fight. A, he's a lefty, and Trump's not going to see that coming. And also, I think Trump is just a bully that would, if you punched him in the nose— he would run crying. And so that's why Biden said, I'd punch him, take him out back and punch him. By the way, there's a story about a little guy in this book that did stand up to Donald Trump and kind of figuratively punched him in the nose. And it's a great story because he doesn't pay people. He suddenly just stops paying. He says, I've, I've, I've paid you enough. There's a re- uh, do you know that twice he's lost lawsuits since he's been president over golf? One to his painter who painted Doral and he owed him 300 and he stopped paying him. And this little painter, he had a six-people company. He won in court. And the other thing, what he does, you were talking about his taxes and stuff. In golf, he does this completely unethical, but I guess legal thing. If you join a country club, like, you know, uh, Bedminster's 200. Trump Mm -hmm. Washington was 50 at the time. uh, He doesn't give your 
money back when you quit, even though you got a signed paper. So this is what I've heard was what Mueller's complaint was about him. He wanted his fifty grand right, back. Right. The, the, the big controversy. <laughs> and Trump wouldn't give right. it back. That was and so he sent a letter. I want my money back. And so that's when he says he's terribly conflicted. But in Jupiter, 50 guys sued him for $7 million total, and he lost. And he repealed it, and he lost that. So he's, people have the guts to call him on this stuff if they have the guts. It, he, he's not going to win. And that's why I wish, you tell me, but I wish more reporters would not let them him bully them in press conference because he just talks over you. Sorry, answer the question. Answer the question, and, and, and they, he either just changes the subject or goes to the next guy. And that's why I admire been, some people I, I, that stand up to him. Yeah, I've been in more than a few of those situations. So what and, do you do? You, you just got to keep going at him. You got to keep going at him. The, the, uh, you know, the, the, day, that, uh, the day after John McCain uh, uh, died, I, I, was, yes. uh, I happened to be uh, what we call the pool reporter. So I was, I was with him on multiple events during the course of the day. And I, I, the first question was an easy one. And he, you know, your thoughts on John McCain. I remember this. And he refused to answer me. So I went on and I answered a variation of that question 10 times over the course Whoa, of the day. Whoa, good for you. And he never answered. And by, by the end of the day, the, the, uh, the American Legion was in on the act saying, you know, why has he lowered the, uh, the flag to have staff? We'd, we, we should issue a proclamation. McCain was an American hero. And I was like asking him about, the, and, and, you know, it, it was, it was, an, but, but you have to, you have to kind of keep, keep, keep going at him. Yeah. Um, but were you there on the plane when he goes, uh, you guys go, uh, hey, you said you never heard of Stormy Daniels. And then no, I wasn't said, on the plane that And time, then he yeah. goes, Never said that. Check the tape. And then yeah. he, they let him off the hook. Yeah, well. And, and so you asked me, why do people let him off the hook in golf? Because it's his course. He's paying. It's his cart and all that. But apart from being on his courses, they don't let him off the hook. He's played in Pebble Beach seven times at the Pro-Am. He's never made the cut. He's never done anything good there. He played in Lake Tahoe, the celebrity thing, three times. Both these tournaments are on television. He's never been in the top half. Mm-hmm. Now, one year was Stormy Daniels, so we can understand. Yeah, he might be I a mean, little for a guy with 18 club championships. But he's shooting 88, 90, 92 there. Well, he can't cheat because of so when he so can't cheat, and that's my point. So you have challenged him to a round of golf, but you've, yeah. you've played with him before. But but you you, you, you want to play him again? Yeah, which is why I'm challenging him. And he can't cover a 2.8. That's phonier than cheese whiz. Okay, but you, but you have a whole series of uh, of of conditions. You, you can't be at a Trump golf course. Well, can't yeah, be, be with one of his caddies. Right. Can Scavino caddy? Scavino can caddy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do they know who Scavino is? <laughs> yeah. Dan Scavino. The, uh, Used the to person. be his caddy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, at, at age 16, he started uh, yeah. as his caddy. And, and loves and, the guy. And now he's the man behind the tweets at the White House, arguably the most powerful man in America. Sorry to get back to your point, but, but real quick on Scavino, sometimes he forgets. On his own account, and he Trump and he tweets just like Trump does, <laughs> which he writes a lot of those. And he's like, the wrong sorry. Yeah. And they're like, hey. So, but anyway, but my main goal, my main condition is USGA rules official following you. you got to putt out every hole. Right. Uh, he, he won't break 90. And, and you haven't gotten a, a response from the White House. No, and how well. come? Well, maybe at the next White House briefing we can ask about would this. Would you? Well, except that we don't, we, they don't have they don't a lot, do those of, they anymore. Don't have a lot <laughs> of way those briefings anymore. But, By the way. But that would be a good... Has any president just stopped talking to the press before? <laughs> well, well, he well, hasn't stopped talking to the press. This is a, this is an interesting thing about this president because he's, you know, they, they, he's basically done away with the briefing. You know, no Sarah Sanders briefings anymore. We've had like three or four of them. I'm talking about year. his press conferences. And but but yeah. he is answering. He actually loves the press and hates the press. Yeah. So he's taking. He actually takes questions all the time. You know. 
Right, but uh, what about hard questions? Well, you know, um, I mean, he, he's, I mean, he, they're no, he, he takes questions. I mean, he, he's out there and he'll, he, right after they tried to throw Jim Acosta out of the, uh, yeah. out, of, out of the White House, uh, we, we, after a couple of days after it was resolved, he's calling on Acosta, one of these, you know, South Lawn departures. He can't help himself. Look, in this book, I found out that he cut down all these trees along the Potomac at Trump, Washington, right. illegally. And got fined by the county. So you can't do that. And he just paid the fine. And like, what are you going to do? Wait for the trees to grow back. But that caused a problem because snipers can shoot him from across the river now. So that meant the Secret Service had to cut, shut that section of the river down, which kept the canoeists and the kayakers and the fishermen and commercial traffic from going. So they're out of all kinds of money and, and their own freedom. And that's just part of the lies. He put up that Civil War monument for a battle that never Never happened. happened. And when New York Times said... Why'd you put up this when it, when it never happened? We asked three historians. Well, my historians say it did happen. And they said, okay, give us the historians. Oh, I don't know. My staff talked to him. Okay, give us the staff. And he goes, well, you write it the way you want. There's something that's clicked off in his mind. And if, he, if he's not right, he can never admit he's wrong. I didn't say Tim Apple. I said Tim Cook Apple. Uh, I didn't say my dad. Was, he's going to say my, I didn't say my dad was born in Germany. Because we have the birth certificate. So what, what is going on in his mind? Well, uh, that's a subject for a whole other podcast. <laughs> you can't answer that in the <laughs> book. Have you ever seen anything like this? No. Uh, you know, not not exactly. No. Not no. exactly. That's a, that's a hard uh, no. <laughs> all right, Rick Riley, the name of the book once again, Commander and Cheat. How hey, golf tweet at me, Mr. President. Tweet Trump. at me. Yes. And, and, health and, sales. And, and, and if he if he takes up the challenge, we want to be we'll there. We'll be there. I mean, can we make it a foursome? I mean, you get, you know. Oh, the more people walking with him, the better. <laughs> okay, all right, we're in. You all know, right. when he went to visit the Queen and all that in Scotland, and he was playing Trump Turnberry, and my buddy was shooting uh, shooting for the Scot uh, Scotsman, he says, the Secret Service kick it out of this rough. Oh, they know the gig now. <laughs> yeah. Is- <laughs> Everybody's oh on God. this guy's side. <laughs> all right, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again that was soon. Fun. That is all the time we have for Powerhouse can Politics. Hold up the book? Yeah, let's yeah, hold up the damn book. Right there on camera. And, and we want to thank our entire Powerhouse <laughs> Politics team. And the uh, Jackhammer guy. Yes, he and the Jackhammer guy, the whole thing, Angie thank Yak, you. Trevor Hastings, Avery <laughs> the, Miller, the Dalai Annika Lama. Merrilies, thank you. The Dalai, thank you. Fantastic. Thank you especially to the Dalai Lama <laughs> and to Bill Murray. That's all the time we have.